But if you open the paper today, and probably any paper in the country, there's an open letter written by uh, some fairly eminent people, all former judges of various courts, including uh, the High Court of Australia, <clears throat> the Supreme Court of WA Court of Appeal, the uh, similarly Victoria, the uh, former judge of the Supreme Court of New South Wales is another, and, and so the list goes on, about seven or eight or nine different uh, judges, former judges. Uh, in uh, our judicial system in Australia. David Harper is a former judge of the Supreme Court of Victoria Court of Appeal. He is on the line. He is one of the people who have uh, signed an open letter to the Australian public. It's headed, The Voice to Parliament Would Enhance Australian Governance, is the uh, the theme of the letter, and it gives reasons why these uh, people have looked at the, uh, the referendum issue and uh, everything surrounding that and have decided on presumably a balance of probabilities, it would be a good thing. Let's have a chat. David Harper, good morning. Good morning. So how did you come to this as a group? Did you all have a little conference uh, uh, on Zoom or whatever and work out, thrash out the arguments for and against? Well, we are a group which is largely concerned with uh, taking a a broad view of anti-corruption commissions throughout Australia. So that's our main concern. But uh, because we were already a group, it wasn't difficult for us to uh, quickly decide that um, we ought to become at least uh, as much as we could involved in the uh, referendum campaign. And we equally quickly decided that the yes uh, um, vote was far more impressive, uh, the yes case, than the no case. Why is that? The Both yes and no cases agree that there is an unacceptable gap between the general standards of living of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and their fellow Australians. That gap needs to be closed. And although the voice will not wave a magical wand across it, Mm. there is no doubt in our minds that uh, one of the reasons why the gap has been so hard to close, even though so many people have made uh, very um, impressive and very um, thoughtful attempts to make to uh, to close it, is that um, despite all of those efforts, the Missing element has been a proper connection with the people who uh, are in need of help. The voice of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island communities of Australia has not been heard with the empathy which it must be um, received with. And so uh, we were concerned that um, the voice was the best way uh, available at present to improve an intolerable situation. You talk about empathy in the letter and uh, particularly the uh, the newcomers to this country, people here since 1788, uh, not listening to the original inhabitants with the empathy to which everyone should be entitled. That's a, a direct quote from, from the letter, at least the last part. So... Yes. Th- why isn't that empathy there? I mean, people people listen. I'm sure people have listened and listened em- em- empathetically, but just not followed through then because is it bureaucracy that gets in the way? Is it good intention falls by the side of red tape? I mean, something must happen. I, I, I think people have listened with empathy, but just not delivered for whatever reason. Well, 
Well, yes, uh, there is strength in what you've said, but uh, I think that the listening um, has uh, lacked the empathy which comes when full engagement is made. Uh, the problem, I think, is that the bureaucrats and the politicians have listened, but they haven't really understood. And uh, I think that level of understanding uh, will most profitably come through the device of the voice. And uh, it's very important, I think, that uh, the voice be entrenched in the Constitution, which give it, gives it the gravitas that voices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples haven't yet had. Mm. I understand that argument, and I, I'm not opposed to that per se, but I note here in South Australia, and I think in other jurisdictions as well, a couple at least, uh, legislation, because our constitution in SA is uh, a piece of legislation, so legislation has been changed, the Constitution Act here has been changed to allow for a voice to the SA Parliament. And it seems to me that that is... If that was done federally, there wouldn't be the debate we've had over the last little while. I think that South Australia is greatly to be um, praised for uh, the steps which it has taken to legislate for a voice in South Australia. The problem with legislation is simply uh, that it is legislation. It is not in, uh, entrenched law. We um, are... We have to remember the fate of ATSIC, a former yes. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander commission. Um, it wasn't working particularly well, but it wasn't given a chance to fix the problems. It was simply abolished. And the um, lack of an entrenched right to maintain that body meant that it, uh, I think, uh, was killed off before its time. I don't want that to happen. We don't want that to happen with The Voice. Hmm. A lot of people say this is, and you, you tackle this in the letter, you say The Voice is, uh, people believe that it's uh, a creature of, of Canberra. What do you say to, to people who, who suggest that the the whole Uluru statement uh, included a voice, next step a, a treaty, and, and thirdly, truth-telling? We haven't heard much about either of those. No, we haven't. Um, and I've got no doubt that... Um, those who signed the statement from the heart uh, would, will continue to look towards a Makarata and a treaty, but um, that's their democratic right. They can put their arguments in support of both Makarati and a treaty, and the rest of us will consider those arguments and decide whether or not they're worthy of being taken up. Uh, but I see no problem in a democracy with allowing people to... Um, put whatever they, they wish uh, in a sensible and respectful way. Should, should the voice only advise Parliament or executive government also? At, at the moment, the referendum question includes both. It does. And uh, I am um, satisfied that a voice to um, Parliament, although it would be important, would not be uh, more than a third as effective as a voice to government. Remembering that uh, the voice is only an advisory voice, but unless it can advise um, the executive arm of government and not just parliament, its uh, remit will be very constricted. And that, I think, would uh, detract enormously from... 
the likelihood that the voice will be able to make a difference. What do you think a yes vote will mean ultimately? If if that gets up, and all the polls at the moment at least indicate support is, is firmly slipping into the no column, but if it was to get up, what does it mean for Australia and for Indigenous Australians moving forward? What do you think? Well, for the rest of us, it won't make any difference at all. Our rights won't be affected. And it does trouble me that uh, the no case uh, creates unnecessary fear about a permanent distinction entrenched in the Constitution between Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and the rest of us. Um, the only effect of a constitutional amendment of the kind we're contemplating is that it will bring Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders into the room where they've been denied full access in the past. The rest of us will continue to be in the room as we are now. And as for um, the rich and the powerful, well, they'll continue to sit right next to the bureaucrats and the politicians. They don't need an entrenched voice to get to the ear of government. But the sad history is that uh, without that entrenched right, First Nations peoples will not be listened to properly. All right, David, we'll see where all this ends up, of course, referendum to be held in the, uh, the later part of the year. Thank you for your time this morning. That's a pleasure. Former judge of the Supreme Court of uh, Victoria, Court of Appeal, David Harper.